BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, humans. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone. This is episode number 54. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Yee, a.k.a. Helen Yee Swartz. She keeps the suspense going. And we are here at the temporary Schmo Zone studio because the Schmo Zone is under construction. Yes, and I can't wait. We can't wait till everyone can finally see our new studio. It's really cool. We have so many cool things ahead and planned. So thank you so much for being patient with us during this time. I promise you, we promise you, it's worth the wait. We appreciate you bearing with us. Maybe a couple weeks from now, it will be ready. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in every single week. It, it, it is worth it. We can tell you that, but uh, you'll tune in and you'll find out and you'll see it for yourself. Yes. And We've been doing this now for a bit over a year. We just celebrated our one year of the Schmo Zone. So thank you guys so much for joining us on this uh, incredible journey. Yes, we started the Super Bowl last year in Miami, and we just finished up the Super Bowl this year. We'll get to that in one second, but let's talk about today's sponsors. Let's start with this sheath underwear, the most comfortable underwear in the world. I wear it all the time. Helen wears it all the time. I do. It's not only comfortable, and might I add, you're right, it's very, very comfortable, but it's also very cute. They have some really cute designs, especially for their women's line, and I know you own quite a few pair of the men's line, and for men, I mean, the styles look great too. Yeah, I know. Misha Tate, when we gave it to her for the women's line, she appreciated it. I appreciate it because the anatomical isolation separating my balls and the shaft, very important. Robert Patton, Iraqi war veteran, he created the concept and the idea when he was serving overseas, but these things are so comfortable. And once you try them, it's so hard to go back to normal underwear. Uh, the styles are great. The boxer briefs, I absolutely love them. They're comfortable as hell. Check them out. Use the promo code SHMO to get 20% off. At sheathunderwear.com, 20% off. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code SHMO. You won't be disappointed. And the other sponsor for today, I know you use their products all the time because if you aren't aware, Helen is training for the Olympic trials. Yes, for 2024, but I love Origin Main, their Jocko products. I use What's Behind Me, Jocko Go, uh, right before I go to swim practice or even strength and conditioning training. It makes sure my energy levels are up to complete the whole workout because they are very intense to be able to have to train the way I have to right now to try to qualify for 2024. And then afterwards, I always use the Jocko Mulk. I love their vanilla. I love mixing it into my protein shakes with banana, some almond milk. I mean, that that's kind of what we do here, our recipe. The Jocko Go, such a clean alternative than the typical energy drink. Love using that. Their Joint Warfare, their Vitamin D3, their Cold Warfare. I love taking all those stuff as part of my regiment in the morning. Um, strong, healthy bones, feel great. And look, 
trust a guy who is a Navy SEAL, Jocko Wilczek. I mean, I love the stuff. Check them out. OriginMain.com. You can either use the promo code Helen or Schmo to get 15% off at checkout. Won't be disappointed. So let's go back to talking about that Super Bowl because it was a year ago we started this podcast and we just finished up the Super Bowl here. Tom Brady's seventh ring. Pretty amazing. I know the man just never ages. 43 years old, still going strong. How many Super Bowls has he been to? 10, right? 10, 1, 7. I think like his percentage is amazing. I read some statistics somewhere where, where Tom Brady is more likely to win a playoff game than LeBron James is to, to, to make a free throw shot or something crazy like that. Something something amazing. Like I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, diehard. In case you haven't known already, but I think Tom Brady has now established himself as the greatest of all time in team sports. You can't argue with it. The guy just is a proven winner. He's 43 years old. I think a few years ago he said he wants to play till he's 45. That would make another year or two left in his storybook career. The guy's just a winner. He gets it done first season in Tampa Bay. New coaching staff, new offensive line, new receivers. Uh, Gronk comes back after a year of retirement and look where they're at. Well, what did you make of Patrick Mahomes and just kind of what they could have done better from your perspective? Because as many of you may not know, or you might know, but you've covered or as the schmo covered a lot of NFL and you love the NFL and you just interviewed Cliff Averill. Cliff Averill, the Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman, the pro bowler, the Super Bowl winner, member of the Legion of Boom. We talked about how this game would come down to the uh, defensive lineman. And this guy's made a clinic, a killing off of sacking the uh, and putting pressure on the other team's quarterbacks. And it came down to that a lot of it. And the thing is, the Buccaneers' defense was able to put so much pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He had a banged-up offensive line. His wide receivers didn't do him any favors. Balls hitting off of their helmets, dropping passes. Man, the weird angles that Patrick Mahomes had to throw the football on, and he was able to execute and still put off these amazing throws. And obviously, there are incompletions. Like, you can't put this loss on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. It goes as a team effort. His wide receivers, his offensive line didn't do him any favors. The kid's a stud. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I've interviewed him. I wanted my Chicago Bears to draft him. I met him uh, at the Super Bowl party, uh, Lee Steinberg Super Bowl party, his agent, back in Houston a few years ago when he was coming out of Texas Tech. Bears didn't give him the time of day. And, uh, you know, the rest of his history is drafted by the Chiefs. You know, that's what it is. Haven't you also interviewed Travis Kelsey? Interviewed Travis Kelsey, Tyron Matthew, who was chirping with uh, Tom Brady, the safety there. Um, you know, it's I do have a lot of NFL ties, uh, especially prior to me doing uh, the MMA scene. But uh, I, I like all sports. The, sh- the schmo doesn't discriminate against sports, really. It just so happens that MMA is my favorite right now. That is what it is. Of course. Who can blame you? And also, last thing about the Super Bowl, like you mentioned, the Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, that combo, that duo right there. Yeah. And uh, for you, for all of you that don't know, Helen's got a history with Rob Gronkowski. Didn't you party with him? Yeah. Hey, don't be careful of the words you use. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I did party with him. It was uh, at the Hard Rock, and it was when Flo Rida was performing. Um, let's just say he knows how to party. <laughs> I love how you say Flo Rida. You know, you're well, distinct. It's not Rider. It's Flo Rida. Isn't it spelled R I D A? 
right? I guess so. Co-writing. And and Florida. back to Gronk, I went to college with him, University of Arizona. Like I think the first time I actually saw Rob in person was like a Star Pass pool party. And I think he's on record saying too. Another pool party. Another pool party. The guy says like he, he's got like 50 D1 scholarship offers and stuff like that. Could have gone to the Ohio States, the Alabamas, you know, the Michigans, whatever the powerhouses are. Uh, but he chose the University of Arizona. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's because of the academics, or maybe it was the academics. This is why I chose the university, the academics, of course. Okay. But the pool parties, can't miss. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I thought it was for the basketball team. Oh, uh, yeah. Steve Kerr. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so, but definitely, um, that was the Super Bowl. And that's Tom Brady. That's Rob Gronkowski. That's a little bit of behind the scenes of our little football venture. Because we started this podcast in Miami. Last year, literally at the Super Bowl Bowl. on Radio Row. And that's where your infamous, now famous, Yoel Romero, him salsa dancing. And my, uh, I'm not good at dancing at all, but yeah, the Yoel. Hey, that is uh, memories, moments of lifetime uh, of of the lifetime. We'll never forget those. And now Yoel it just got announced. He's fighting Rumble in that, Bellator. I'm not going to lie. That light heavyweight Grand Prix is going to be epic. Oh, my gosh. Tune in for that. Amazing. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, that they have this partnership with Showtime. Obviously, a paywall, like $10 uh, to, to, for a subscription. Like, that's a heavier price than ESPN. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people tune in because, uh, you know, it's now you have to pay more money to watch Bellator fights. Yeah, the this whole like paid subscription, it's very interesting to see how the world, the sports world has kind of adapted or changing into a more digital, more subscription friendly and or unfriendly. And even uh, we've seen it for a lot of like for media, we've had this conversation before where a lot of them it's like now to read an article, you have to like pay a dollar to sign up or something. It's an interesting way. Everyone's adapting. We will save that conversation probably for the Schmozone studio. It's a huge fight week ahead. UFC 258. Our guest today is the number three ranked UFC bantamweight in the world, Rob Font. He'll join us momentarily, but let's talk about UFC 258 right off the bat. I absolutely love the matchup. Not shy about it. We've interviewed them sitting right here in the temporary Schmozone studio for the Schmozone quickies, both Gilbert Burns, Kamara Usman, you know, two former teammates training together for like eight years, over eight years. These guys know each other in and out. Love this matchup. I'm expecting championship rounds. And how could you not expect an amazing fight overall? I know I'm extremely excited for this fight and kind of looking at that pay-per-view card, the co-main event with Macy Barber, her return against Alexa Grasso. And then we have Kelvin Gasolum and Heinish kind of interested to see how he'll be able to bounce back. Right. Yeah. Great storylines there. Um, but uh, the guest today, Rob Font, I love talking to him. He's the number three ranked guy. I think he got bumped up. He was number five the other day. Number 11. Corey Sanhagen's doctor. Yeah, yeah. Quickest rise, too. He was number 11 a few months ago before Marlon Marais, and then he's number three now. We'll hear from him. Uh, I think he's over in the East Coast. He's over there. New England cartel member. Having fun in the snow. Yeah, we imagine. But uh, let's, let's take it to him. Episode 54, the guest, Rob Font.
how's the weather like over there? Oh man, hold on, let me flip it real quick. <laughs> it's snowing. It just got done snowing. Still, oh my gosh, no golf, huh? <laughs> no golf, bro. <laughs> the snow is just killed. It's uh, the sun finally came out, so you know it's a little nicer, but it's slushy, it's nasty out there. We got to come to Vegas ASAP. <laughs> Yeah, we have it. We're pretty spoiled. I think it's been hitting 70 degrees all week here. It's sunny. I hate to rub it in, but uh, I know you'll be out here sooner than later. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I can't wait to get back out there. This, this, I love New England, but it gets old fast, you know? For sure, man. For sure, man. Well, hey, I was looking at the rankings and you jumped up. You were five. You're number three. Obviously, we had this amazing Corey Sandhagen flying knee knockout over the legend Frankie Edgar. But man, before the Marlon Marias fight, you were 11. Then you go to three. I don't think I've ever seen such a huge jump like that in the rankings. You're getting the respect, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. It was, uh, yeah, man, you know, it feels good to be, you know, uh, obviously top five, but then to get moved into the top three, that's even better. You know, I just, I just need one more, uh, one more gift and get a name soon. That's all I need. I'll be happy, man. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to your name, but let's talk about this loaded bantamweight division, man. Let's talk about Corey Sanhagen and the flying knee and Frankie Edgar. What did you make of that? What was your immediate reaction? Bro, that was perfect timing, man. He look, he's looking that, that Corey's looking amazing right now. Uh, you know, obviously it's it sucks to see obviously Frankie knocked out like that, but uh, you know, he, timing, the, the the footwork was there like he he uh He's on fire right now, man. That, that kid's uh, doing his thing, and uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see, man. Hopefully, I can get I can get in that mix, and uh, you know, hopefully, get my name just tossed around. Man. Well, you're definitely in that mix. Yeah. I think Corey Sanhagen was calling for a title shot afterwards, fighting the winner Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. But obviously, your name's right there in the mix too. What did you make of that? Do you think he's deserving to fight the winner of that, or you think maybe he should be fighting you? Um, you know, uh, obviously I want that fight, you know, but I, I can see how like he definitely, I feel like he deserves a title shot, the two wins like that. Um, you know, he's finishing fights. Uh, I can, I, in a perfect world, I would see like, you know, the title fight happens. He fights the winner. I get TJ Dillashaw and then, you know, we start, we start, uh, kind of like figuring out from there, but, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I obviously I would always, I would love to jump in that fight too, but I don't, I don't actually see that happen. I see him getting a title shot, wait until after that fight, and then maybe hopefully me getting TJ Dillard, so. Well, speaking of that title fight, it is coming up around the corner. I know that fight got rescheduled, and we spoke to Aljamain uh, last week, but how do you see that fight playing out with him against Pewter Jan, and then also with Pewter moving or relocating his camp to American Top Team? Yeah, you know, um, like, do you, do you know why he moved out to American Top Team? Like, have you heard anything? Like, is there like a, a team breakup or something like that? Or is it just kind of like a, a, a visa issue? Not, not not so much of a team breakup. I mean, we heard Aljamain Sterling thinking that it was because he needs just a change of opponents, difference of opponents. He wanted the different competition in American Top to Team. I've also heard the visa thing. So I've heard mixes of both worlds. Maybe there's truce to both ends, but I've heard yeah. both of those things. Um, did, did he go out there with his team or he's just a brand new, just working with American top team now? I think he has, uh, some of the same people that, that he had in his corner prior yeah. to, but he's right. also got new faces as well. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously the, the, the new looks are always help you out. Um, you know, you get it, but as far as like, uh, the, the strategy, I don't think that, that, that had changed much for him. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of those kind of boxing wrestling type guys that's going to try to, you know, throw, throw a bunch of hands and then sprawl and, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really see him trying to take this fight down. I think he's going to, uh, Peter Young's going to use his, uh, wrestling defensively and try to knock out Aljamain, but, uh, I don't think the camp shift is going to be a big thing. I, um, you know, um, I hope he doesn't get injured and after he actually makes it to the fight. That's the only thing I'm kind of like worrying about a new camp is like, you know, new camp, new guys. They necessarily won't protect you as as, as much as your, you know, your regular guys. So as far as the camp thing, I, I hopefully, hopefully everything goes smooth. He doesn't get injured. The fight happens. Um, but I see how Jermaine winning that fight. <laughs> And the other thing too is Aljamain moved to Vegas and he was doing his camp both in Vegas and in New York. So they both, I think it's this one storyline where everyone's talking about how Peter Yan switched his camp to Florida, but they both have two different camps that they're working with here for this title fight. Yeah. 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 So again, hopefully both, both of them make it to the fight, you know, um, we'll see, you know, when, when new camps comes with new, new ideas, new training partners and, um, you know, it could work great or it can backfire and you go out there trying too many new things and, and you, you don't actually land anything and you're caught trying new things. So uh, we'll see, um, you know, I'm excited for that fight. I'm just glad that the fight actually happened and, and then, um, you know, um, I guess the, the division moving and then, you know, once that fight happens, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have a name soon right after that. We're going to get to pushing you and TJ Dillashaw momentarily, but let's talk about uh, Cody Garbrandt, who you just jumped in the rankings, who's been calling for the legend, Jose Aldo, in a fight. I don't think anything's been finalized yet, but do you like that fight? And if that fight does happen, who do you favor? Um, You know, I, so yeah, the rumor is Jose Aldo versus Cody's, uh, sorry, Cody Garbrandt. Um, I love the fight. You know, uh, Cody always brings explosive. He's... Uh, you know, he, he brings that knockout power. So any second of a fight, even the third round, you can see a knockout. Um, that's the type of power he brings. Um, you know, you have the, the, the legend and, and, and Jose Aldo, who's fought everybody um, from, uh, you know, 45ers to down to 35ers. Um, I, I'm predicting like a second round knockout for Cody on that one. Um, I can see, um, you know, I think the speed would be a little, a little, a little too much for a, uh, for Jose Aldo, and um, I think I'll, I'll give uh, Cody that one. Yeah, because then that rounds out the top five. Everybody's active. Everybody's got a fight booked. You look at six, it's the guy who you're coming off the performance of the night against here in Las Vegas the other month, and Marlon Marias. So that just leaves one name for me. And you, you said it too, TJ Dillashaw. That's it, man. The That's suspension's it, man. up. Have you heard anything? I'm surprised they haven't made any type of announcement for his next opponent, and you would – I think you and him would be perfect dance partners. It'd be a perfect matchup, perfect dance partners. I think it's a uh, great timing. I think again, everybody's busy. Um, and Moni makes sense. You know, uh, Corey just came off a big win. I'm pretty sure he's going to want the title, uh, the winner of the title fight. The title fight's happening. Um, you know, Jose Aldo and, and like, like you said, Cody's most likely going to happen. So like, I'm the only guy here, man. Like. Uh, let's get this going and um so yeah yeah i think it, it makes sense you know it's uh it's a big name i think um like i said i'm pretty sure Corey's gonna want to um, wait for the title shot um if that doesn't happen i would love to jump in there with him um again garbrand Jose, Jose Aldo, i'd love to jump in with any of those guys but i think um those guys are all you know booked 
and again, TJ is not booked. I'm pretty sure he wants to get back to fighting. Come on. You know, I, I don't have a dance partner. Let's make this happen. Ideally for you, when would you like to get back in there? I think in April, like May, April, April, May, the latest. Um, so like around there would be perfect. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready, you know, we're training, we're constantly training, but uh, definitely, you know, big name like this. I would love, love to have a camp and, um, you know, time to, to promote it and, and um, you know, put on a great show. And obviously for TJ, you know, coming off that suspension, there's been a lot of talks, right? And about just kind of what went on with him and what he kind of got um, busted for, I guess. So what are your thoughts on just everything that's happened with him and that whole EPO situation? Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. You got to question everything he's done now. You know, like obviously I'm a fan of the sport. I was a big fan of him before, uh, you know, obviously even thinking about fighting and you know um so it sucks you got to question everything he did at 35 you got to question everything um you know he's done pretty much in his career so it, it definitely sucks um you know to, to you know to, to throw anything in your body at this level you know especially with USADA and everything it's kind of like you know it shows men you know a weak mentality to me and um you know for me like I said like I feel like you know USADA is going to be there He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna have to test clean. You know, um, he's gonna have to make that walk, knowing that he's not dirty anymore. He's not putting that in his system. And um, you know, I want to see, I want to see the the TJ TJ Dillashaw that, that, that that's clean. You know, and we'll see how how that guy reacts. But uh, I think I'm the perfect guy to test him. What's so amazing about your division? There's so many legends fighting in it right now. Even if they're towards the end of the career, with the Aldos, the TJ Dillashaws, the Dominic Cruz, Frankie Edgar, of all those guys with Hall of Fame resumes. Who would you say would be one or two, maybe rank them of most importance to you to fight and have on your resume before it's all said and done? Oh, shit. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough because there's so many. You know, yeah, yeah, guys like Aldo. When I was again, I was watching him since WC. You got Frankie. I've been watching him since at 55. So, it's, you know, that's a legend right there. And then Cruz, TJ. So, there's so many names, but I guess. The most important, I would say, would rank up would probably be TJ than Frankie. I'd rather get in there with a guy like TJ than like getting in another guy like a legend like Frankie. Now, you made your pro debut December 2011, so you're heading into your 10th year as a pro. Can you kind of talk about what this journey's been like for you? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a, a big learning uh, process. You know, I'm just constantly learning. Uh, and improving, you know, um, I still like, I feel like I'm just getting better. Uh, I'm not taking a lot of damage. So it doesn't feel like, like I'm like, I'm old in the sport. Um, I started, I started off pretty, pretty late. I didn't start training until I was like 21 and didn't start fighting until like 24, I believe 25. So it was like, and I, and I, and I didn't take any damage coming up on the local scene either. So like, I feel young, um, you know, uh, I would say my cage, my cage age is, is, is young. I'm getting, I'm getting up there in age, but I, I don't feel it. it is, I don't, I'm not showing it. Um, and I'm just getting better. And then surprisingly, I do feel like the, the year off from my surgery and the year before that kind of helped me, um, uh, stay, you know, stay fresh, not getting hit too much, not, you know, grinding out every day and, you know, bumps and bruises here that I, I got the chance to heal those. So like, I feel fresh. I just came off a big W, no, no, not a given touch. So again, like it's 10 years, but a good solid 10 years. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I'm just getting better. Uh, 
feel like I feel like um, everything's really coming together and um, you know the powers that was always going to be there. So um, you know, yeah, I'm excited. I'm here. I've 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 learned a lot over the last ten years, and um, you know, I'm I'm excited to put on the uh, and knock, put on big fights and, and, and deliver knockouts. So. Former CES featherweight champion of the world and a proud member of the New England cartel. Have to ask yes, you, because when we had Tyson and teammate Calvin on the Schmozone podcast in our studio, what, what, 20 so episodes ago, we got the story of when you guys joined forces because you're a featherweight. Calvin's a featherweight. You guys train together. You go to Bantamweight. He's a featherweight. We got his side of the story of how that all unfolded. Can we hear <laughs> Rob Font's story of how that all unfolded? It's funny, man. I just saw a picture of uh, or Calvin sent me a picture of uh, the rankings back in the day. He was number one. I think I just got broken to like, I believe the top ten or honorable mentions, right? And I was just like, I was, I, was, I believe I was only four and one. And he was still, I forgot what his record was at that time, but I was, I was slowly creeping up trying to get this guy. And then, um, obviously, the fight never happened. Um, you know, he was, he was always number one. I was always number two in, in the division, uh, but. You know, I just, it, it's funny, man, because, uh, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was like, I got to beat this guy. I got to beat this guy. Now, now he's one of my, my teammates, best friends. And, um, you know, I love that man. So it's like, it's, uh, it's uh, obviously, it, it, you one of those fights you'll never know. But, uh, you know, so I get to spar him all the time. So it kind of like, you know, it, I get a little bit of what it could have happened. And some, some days it's good. Some days it's real bad. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy I didn't take the fight. But, um, yeah, and nah, um and as far as like uh, us as teammates, it's kind of just like, you know, like once I got rid of that kind of trying to be the king of New England and, 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 and you know, be the man, the local scene and, and, and um, you know, thinking bigger picture and thinking obviously UFC and title shots and, you know, you know, Calvin came along and we got together and it just, we just catapulted and I think our games just took off. So, uh, yeah, man, it was, it, it was a, it was, you know, a, a good connection, a good training partner. And um, yeah, now, now we're getting top of the food chain. And that leads to a perfect segment for what's going down this weekend in the welterweight division. Two teammates, former teammates in Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns. Those guys have had hundreds or a couple hundred of sparring sessions with each other, training partners for like eight years or so. I mean, and then obviously Kamaru leaves for Denver, goes to a different team. Uh, Gilbert stays with the team. What do you make of this matchup and who may have the upper hand in this situation? It's obviously, it's it's one of those awkward situations, but kind of one of those situations I think they knew, you know, they knew eventually that could happen. Um, you know, especially with the fights they were getting, you know, Gilbert Burns getting a Damian Meyer type fight. Like, you know, then you win that fight, there's only, you know, the championship after that. So they knew, um, I'm just, I'm just like, and, and then like, again, like deep down inside, they both know who got the better of each other in, in the, in the room. So that whoever did get the, the, the has to play an advantage. So, um, but I think, um, you know, I think overall, I think Gilbert Burns is a little bit more well-rounded. Um, obviously you gotta give the, the wrestling to um, Usman, but um, I think, you know, the mix of, uh, of Gilbert's jiu-jitsu and, and, and um, his striking, I think it's going to be a definitely entertaining fight, but uh, I can see that the champs squeaking out of the decision here. Do you think, though, that having the people in Burns' corner that have helped Usman get to that championship level years and years and years um, gives him more of an edge of just strategy 
but you think that Usman, because of his skill set and developing his skill set, obviously going with Trevor Whitman in Colorado is still just going to give him the edge because of that. And I mean, where where I where do you where do you see the line in that? It's tough. It's tough because like um, you know, it's I don't think you can make that big of a change with a different coach like that fast, you know. So mm-hmm. um, you know, um so it definitely sucks because obviously Henry Hoof and then the rest of the guys gonna be with um Gilbert Burns, right? So it sucks because they know all everything about Usman. They know when he's when he's giving up, they know when he's tired, they know when he's when he's having a bad day, they can tell when he's when he's maybe not trying to strike. So that that's that definitely I, I feels like definitely hurts him. Um but then again, like 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 we'll find out because to be honest with you, like sometimes when he gets in there, you're not even really listening to the coach. He's just going out there and doing your thing, you know. So it's like you're like, yeah, whatever. They can say whatever they want. I know sometimes I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna do this and then you know go out there and do your thing. So I can also see that canceling out and it not even being a factor too. But uh, that's that, that that's got to be so awkward. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. It's got to be so awkward to be standing with a cross like, and I'm pretty sure they're they're probably they're probably still on good terms and. And, you know, we got to fight each other. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, this is going to be an awkward situation. I'm finally – I'm glad it's happening. Um, but uh, I, I think I, I, I go with the champ on this one. Now, circling back down to the Bantamweight division, your division, um, someone that David just mentioned, Dominic Cruz, he has a fight against Casey Kenny coming up. Just curious to get your thoughts on how you see that fight playing out. Um. I think I think you know Cruz Cruz is going to touch him up and and, and even out wrestle him, um, win the decision, and uh, get get his name back in the mix. Um, I think he's going to be a little like just too 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 smart for him. I think I think he's not going to take too much risk. Just his point his way to a decision and, and get the W and, and get get out of there. Um, you know I, I don't see I don't I don't see Casey winning this fight. I think Cruz is going to uh, get in there, outpoint him, overwhelm him, and and, and win the fight. But again, like that's another name. It's crazy. I, I it's almost forgot about him. Like it's like, like I forgot that Cruz is even in this division too. Like it's like there's so many big names that like like and 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 and, uh, and legends and vets and champions in, in this division. That like you said, like the division just on fire right now. How's uh, your teammate Calvin doing? I know everyone made all that noise about how tough he is and everything, and obviously he's one of the toughest guys to step foot inside that cage. But how's his morale right now? Is he back training? Uh, how's he doing? Yeah, no, nah, he's just hanging out, you know, hanging out with the family, kicking it uh, with his mom and brother a lot right now, just trying to stay at the gym. He has, um, as far as injuries, he doesn't have any injuries. He got the cut with the eight staples, but that's it. And then um, his hands are good. Um no, no concussion, anything like that. And the lights or nothing like that bothering, bothering him. So he's good there. It's just, I just know, I just, I know he's just like, has a burning sensation and get back to training right now and get back to fixing little things. But you know, he can't, um, I don't even think the doctors want him jogging right now. Just, just resting, relaxing. Um, and um, so he's got to wait for that. I think he has a couple more protocol tech type tests um, at the end of this month. And then I'm pretty sure after that, he can start moving again, but he's just hanging out enjoying the time off he had a a busy 2020 um and and um you know obviously a tough fight in, in the max holloway fight so i think from right now just take a couple months off relax um enjoy some food and then um you know he'll i know he'll be in the gym with me you know watching and helping and um then give him a couple more months he'll be back and then 
just keep back into the mix. It sucks though. It sucks because like it's 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 a loss. But then it's like the way he lost is I know he wants to get back in there ASAP. But it's like I wouldn't recommend it, you know. So it's like it, it's uh it's tough to to sit back and like I know I sat for years. I know even sitting for three months is going to be hard for him. So um, but he's in good spirits. He's he's enjoying the family, enjoying um not enjoying his weather, but he's you know he's enjoying the time off and um and uh, he'll be back. Can't get golf in that weather. <laughs> At all, man. We're, we're going crazy out here, bro. <laughs> well, earlier you mentioned that you got into MMA um, pretty late. So what was kind of, you know, your start or what made you decide that this is what you wanted to pursue? I um, So I started off in jiu-jitsu um, at a jiu-jitsu school in Tampa, Florida. And I would, um, I just, it just, got addicted fast i did like the free trial for the first week and then it was like all right it wasn't like addicted to jiu-jitsu it was just all about it was all about mma um wasn't even trying to do jiu-jitsu tournaments it was just like all right hold up this is so you're telling me like you just gotta win and i can make money doing this i'm like all right you know what let's give it a shot like i i i feel like i'm good at this i um you know i i probably I, I was definitely overconfident um and i was like you know like i can do this right now and i didn't have no training but it was one of those things I, I went to the class, got addicted. And then from there, I just threw myself in a big bowl of MMA, man. I just, I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't stop training it. I couldn't stop talking about it. I stopped watching football, basketball, baseball. It was all MMA, any type of martial arts movie. I'll go back to the old martial arts movie, the new martial arts movies, the, you know, anything I could find on YouTube, Fight Quest, anything. I was just all about uh, MMA, martial arts. And then, um, yeah, I just knew from the beginning I was eventually going to fight. I just didn't want to, like, pull the trigger too fast. But I just – it was it was one class, man. I was it. I was done. Oh, actually, sorry. I, I, I delivered I delivered some pizza to some people that were doing jiu-jitsu in um, their, their their yard. You know, at the time I was delivering pizza, they were doing jiu-jitsu in their, their garage slash, like, backyard. And, um, and um, they told me what it was. So I knew it wasn't wrestling and also knew it wasn't, like, uh, you know, they, like the UFC uh, at the time I didn't know what UFC was but I knew it wasn't that and they kind of broke it down to me went to the gym again tried that free week and that was it like I I didn't want to hear anything else but miss martial arts or MMA and from there got my amateur fight lost that fight and then uh, went I believe three in a row one and then made my pro debut it's amazing. And then those pizza guys or the guys you delivered the pizza to rather become fans of you because they're big UFC yeah. fans. And they're like, oh, shoot, that's the guy that delivered us pizza <laughs> that day. We we're rolling in the garage. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's a funky story, but like it, it just happened on accident. Like, and I didn't, again, I, I didn't even know too much about the UFC. Like what I saw mostly was WEC because it was free on TV. And then um, and then I started looking for more UFC and, and, and watching the pay-per-views and and, and uh, I believe the first pay-per-view I really paid attention to was the George St. Pierre versus DJ Penn fight and then and then I started watching the Ultimate Fighter show and then I figured out what the UFC was what MMA was with uh, Strike Force and, 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 and WC I figured out what the promotions how, how it really worked uh, even the Gracie family, like in my mind, I thought I was gonna go train Hoist Gracie the first time. Like I was like, oh, this go train at this the Gracie school. I'm like, oh hell yeah, let's go train Hoist Gracie, not knowing how it works, not knowing the the curriculum, not knowing the the affiliate programs and the black belts and how that really works. And and once I figured it out, it was just like, 
man, I love this stuff. I can't, I don't want to do anything else but this. And then just kept going and, you know, lucky enough, I had support uh, of my girlfriend. She was just like, listen, I'll take care of everything else. Just go, go, go train. And, you know, and then, uh, yeah, well, you know, now I'm talking to you guys, get, hopefully getting a, a title shot soon. Yes. Number three in the world. Now, how yeah, did yeah. you get, how would you get linked with like Tyson and, you know, like the beginning stages of also when you met with Calvin, like, what was that all like? Because like David said, we got their side of the story. Uh, so, um, yeah, sorry, my bad. So I, I um, so I, at the time I was in Florida, uh, my girlfriend moved back to um, Massachusetts. I came up with her. Um, and then I signed up at Sityotong, um, the Muay Thai school in Somerville. Uh, Mark Delagradis came, uh, Jim, he, uh, he trained guys like Kenny Florian, uh, Marcus Davies at the time was there. Um, Jorge Rivera, like all, all anybody that's the top guys in New England was at Sid. So I trained there. Uh, actually, sorry, funny story. I was actually watching um, the Tapa show. With, uh, remember the Tapa show with Mass? And, uh, and it had Mike Campbell on the show and he was training in Somerville. So I was, like, I, I was actually on the phone. I was about to go visit Boston. I was like, hold on, let me call you back. I'm going to watch the show, pay attention. Um, figured out what, what that gym was. Got on the computer, Googled Mark Delagrati. Google sit your thong, Googled all those fighters and just kind of like figured out what it was, um, how it worked. Cause um, you know, I've never been to a, a, a Muay Thai gym. So, um, and then got on the plane, went to visit, tried that, tried their free week trial. Again, fell back in love, went to Florida and instantly drove back up. I was like, I'm coming back, I'm doing this. Um, I found, you know, at the time I found the right gym, I, you know, and I was like, that's it. And then came here, trained again, maybe a year. And then not even that year, maybe like, six months and then I met Tyson. He uh, met Tyson. He was uh, at the time was a uh, top amateur around, I believe he was 10 0 as amateur, um, about to make his pro debut. Um, so I was watching his career full um, come. I mean, I was watching his amateur career and in the beginning of his pro career. And uh, obviously that motivated me. Um, and then yeah, it was one practice. We're jogging. He asked me, hey, you want to fight, right? I was like, yeah. Um, you know, like, I'll start looking for fights. He started, like, managing a lot of the guys in the gym. He was like, you want to you wanna, uh, fight soon? I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. He, um, he started asking around and looking around. Finally got me a fight, and that was it. It was over. I um, Again, like, I was uh, – that was it. I, I was all in, full in. And, again, that's the amateur fights around that time. I was thinking, all right, well, who's the guy around here? And then Calvin Cater was – he was on fire. He was knocking everybody out. He was pretty much the, like the king of New England. It was kind of like, you know, all right, well, I got to beat that guy if I want to get to the UFC or the WC. And, you know, at that time, I believe he even fought for strike force one time. And like, so like he, he's in my mind at that time, he has national exposure. He's the king of out here. I got to, I got to get in those type of fights. And then uh, obviously Tyson's like, well, slow down, pump your brakes, chill out. Like you don't need to go to war with this guy and get paid 600 bucks. Why don't you get, you know saying go to war with a guy like that in the UFC and get paid some decent money you know you know I was like no 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 man let's make the fight happen he's like no trust me you don't want to do that it's not worth it you're not even you're not even a big enough 45 or but we you know we want to get you down to 35 anyways I'm like all right whatever fine listen to that and then uh, but at the time I uh he was taking his break he took a break and then um he didn't he wasn't he I believe he injured his hand he, he took a break he, he bought the promotion uh, combat zone he was promoting fights so he he took a break and I just and as that, that break he was taking I was just fighting I, I was fighting like any chance I got I just racked them off I believe I went 
10 in a row. Um, and then got the, the pro debut. I'm sorry. And then I got the call for the USC to fight George Roop. And then around that time, Calvin was trying to come back in. Um, Tyson, he reached out to Tyson. We made the connection and it was over from there. It was history. We, it was, again, it was the smartest decision not fighting that guy. And then, um, yeah, again, became one of my best friends and best training partner out there. As a fighter, how much at ease does it put you to know that the guy that's representing you has also been in your shoes before, has also been a professional fighter, and then understands the game not only from that standpoint, but from the business standpoint? Does it make your life a lot easier? Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, he's not, you know, obviously, like Tyson's not just the, the guy pushing papers. He understands the weight cuts. He understands the the feeling of going into a fight. He understands the, the nerves. He understands the 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 adrenaline. He, you know, he gets it. He's not just just saying, "Hey, I here picking guys and going out there and fighting." He gets he gets the matchup. He he watches religiously all the UFC fights. He'll he'll break down every single fighter. Um, you should say you should see this guy's notes. It's it's ridiculous. It's kind of it's kind of overwhelming. I gotta have like I gotta like. like read like like little summaries take a break summary take a break and then come back and then get it all in i even had my girlfriend read it out loud down the radio respond to kind of un- really fully understand what he's saying and uh, all the small little details and um because he puts that much effort into it and then um yeah it was like again like having a guy that that not only fought but wrestled bjj black belt um and understands business. He also has his master's degree. He's kind of like, I, I couldn't go wrong. You know, he, he understands business. He understands um, wrestling. He's comp- he competed before. He played football, lacrosse. So he understands how to compete. Um, Jiu-Jitsu, obviously wrestling. And then, um, you know, fighting MMA um, with a long amateur career and a decent pro career. You know, he, he uh, he's, in my opinion, one of the, be- the best coach out here in New England. And, um, yeah, no, I, I can't complain. I got a solid coach, solid uh training partner and you know just just got to go out there and, and, and put together some more w's because uh i got a, i got a solid team behind me and um, the right support system and um yeah and i feel like with that support I, you know the, the sky's the limit in such mad respect too because everyone thought you were taking such a risk being the 11th guy fighting marlin who i think was five at the time and and calling that what was that judgment there you're coming off of uh injury recovery and everything like that and then pff, performance of the night man and Obviously, you guys saw something. You guys capitalize, and the rest is history. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, I've been hearing that since I started, though. You know, like it was I, I was told I shouldn't take the George Roof fight on um, on um, you know, like the guy was too tall, too much experience. Um, and Ashley Tyson actually rolled with him in Arizona, not before the not before the fight, but a couple years before that fight. And um, he's like, no, nah, bro, trust me, I felt him. I know exactly what it is. I know, um, I know, obviously I know your style and I know his striking style. And then he's like, nah, we're good. He's he's out of my team at that time. He was the only one that okayed the fight and went out there and, and you know, we, we proved, he, and, you know, he I proved what proved him right, you know, because like went out there and, and we knocked him out in the first round and we bonused. And like, again, that was the only person on my team that was like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, everybody else wanted a, a easier fight. But I'm like, bro, this is the UFC. Like, there's no easy fights out here. Like, and then, um, yeah, so you know he believes in me. He knows what I what I bring to the table. He understands my my hustle. Again, he we wrestled this morning at seven o'clock in the morning, which means he had to, he had to wake up at six, handle the kids, and get on the road by six thirty to meet me by seven. Then to get back out there, you know, to um, doing what he has to do with the other fighters. So it's like um, he's dedicated. 
he's a he's a rare breed and um yeah man like he's he's is the reason why he's coach of the year now do you like kind of having that chip on your shoulder like always having to prove something yeah i mean yeah you know like i definitely don't need the motivation but it definitely is a little extra motivation to kind of like all right watch this like watch how like everybody out here believes i'm gonna lose all right let's go prove this guy's wrong you know um and then you know even proving yourself wrong or, or, or right you know um because sometimes you can start listening into those voices like shit. Maybe they are right. Maybe I should have took an easier fight. Maybe you know. Maybe I shouldn't come off an ACL surgery to fight Mom Arise. And then those those thoughts do come into your head. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, let's go. Like, don't ignore those thoughts. Let's get back to it. Like, you the, the you know what you're about to go out there and do. And, and having that belief, you know. And um, but yeah, man. Um, you know these fights are getting tougher, man. But uh, again, like I said, I got the I got the squad behind me, and uh, I'm excited. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, in the beginning, like watching WEC, obviously the early days of the UFC strike force. Was there a certain fighter in particular that really inspired you? Uh, Uriah Faber, for sure. It was Uriah Faber. And um, I watched a lot of Carlos Condit when um, he was fighting at WEC, but definitely it was Uriah Faber. He was the, I just like the energy style. Um, you know, at that time, I, all I knew was the guillotine. As far as jiu-jitsu, and he was geeting everybody. So it was kind of like, that was my guy to, to, to try to mimic. Um, but definitely you're right favor for sure. Um, then it slowly, then it's, before that, then it slowly became everybody. But at, the, at first it was you're right favor. And then um, and then uh, Ramon Deckers as a, as, a, as a kickboxer, those guys, like I would sit there and watch their highlights for, for hours and just sit there, the same thing over and over. My girl was like, what's wrong with you? Stop watching all these dudes. Like, come come hang out with me. I'm like, bro, relax. I'm studying right now. But yeah, I would watch these guys for hours. Where's the dogs? Uh, they're sleeping right now, actually. Uh, okay, I don't want to wake I'm gonna them up. One. <laughs> I'm going to find one. Uh, well, we definitely appreciate you coming on to the Schmo Zone. Is there any kind of final thoughts or messages you want to get out there? You said March, April, get back in there, or April, May. I don't want to confuse yeah, the two. Uh, Let, let's say April uh, in between. Yeah, man. Let's go. Uh, I love to go April, May, worst case scenario. Just uh, just put a good word in for me, guys. Get the get the word out there. Let me know that you know I'm here, but it's like uh, TJ Dillashaw makes sense. So why not? Let's not make this thing hard. Make it easy and set it up. Send a contract. Let's make it happen. In a span of a few months, he goes from number 11 to number three, the one and only Rob Fon joining <laughs> us in the Schmozum. We'll see you in Vegas. I'll be the Schmo again. Um, in fact, the last time I saw you before Fight Island, I chased you at the airport, or the Schmo did. That was that was a good time. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a great time, man. And if you're at the airport, the mask on. It was awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, again, hit me up anytime. I'd love to come back on, and um, I'll hopefully see you soon in Vegas. It's also, also put the word in us. Let's go to Vegas, man. Forget that whole fight island. Let's go to Vegas with it. Yeah, you guys were getting cabin fever when we saw you there. That few <laughs> days after the fight, you were ready to get out of there. <laughs> I'm going crazy. I'm thinking, just thinking about it right now. I'm going crazy. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Great, great talking to you guys. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate you. Take care, Rob. Thank you. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. 
So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.